listening to the one two three show with me noreen Noreen Mayer this Monday afternoon, just making sure that we are ready on the Facebook Live. And uh, joining us this afternoon, our very first guest of the week is Sarah Brennan, one of the authors of this year's Young Readers Festival. Sarah, it's great to see you again. How are you doing? Oh, Noreen, it's great to see you. I'm going really well. I want to say hello to all of the viewers out there, or listeners, really. Hi, how are you all? Yes, that's very good. (laughs) Bearing up. (laughs) I really hope we are um, connected on the Facebook Live. If we have listeners listening, can they let us know? if we are on there. Are you getting the audio? Uh, get in touch with us. Uh, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the Facebook page. Um, Sarah, it's always great to, to see you. So tell us a little bit more about uh, your involvement with this year's Young Readers Festival. Yeah, well, I was really thrilled to be asked to be one of the four um, children's authors that are appearing for the Young Readers Festival. This year, it's a virtual festival, of course. And um, it's it's just been so much fun. I mean, I, I think this thing about COVID is we're all learning to use new methods of, of delivering information and, and um, you know, uh, talking to our fans and all that sort of a thing. So um, this was great fun. Catherine Platt, who's the beautiful new director of the Hong Kong International Literary Festival, who's actually at the moment stuck in New York, <laughs> is directing the festival from I'm there. I'm really looking forward to meeting her. Oh, actually. she's lovely. Yes. At the moment, she's sort of basically directing it at one and two o'clock in the morning. Um, hi, Catherine, if you're listening. <laughs> But um, no, so she asked me to be one of the four authors. There's another author from the UK, uh, Mark Llewellyn, who's amazing. He was on last week. Um, there's uh, an author from Australia, Matt Zabo, who's incredible. He has basically um, told his daughter a story... 365. 365. He he did a story a day. I mean, I could not do that. He is amazing. So um, I think quite a dynamic person to listen to. And um, and then there's lovely Anna So, who's a local author. She's gorgeous, and she's talking about Hong Kong stories. And then me. And um, you know, I'm I'm talking. Obviously, actually, we thought what would be really fun for kids to find out this time is actually how you make a book. And by some small miracle, I was able to get Harry Harrison to do this with. With me and Harry is that rare bird who never comes out of his studio because he's just so busy all the time and for years whenever I've gone to schools people have said oh do you think Harry could come with you next time and I'm like you're welcome to ask <laughs> Actually, for some of our listeners who know Sarah is uh, renowned for her for her books, the Zodiac uh, Collection, all the animals, the rat author to the pig, and Harry Harrison is your illustrator. He's the illustrator. So actually, they're called the Chinese Calendar Tales, and we've got thirteen books there. Um, and we do explain in the, in this video, which which I have to say, incidentally, was filmed and edited by my daughter. Very talented. Annabelle Cohen, yeah, who's doing film studies in Leeds, and she's back, obviously, here. And she's done a a superb, very funny, it is such a funny video. Um, Harry and I basically are, um, well, we're having a lot of fun teasing each other, I suppose. I'm hitting him regularly with soft toys, uh, because that's what he deserves. Um, (laughs) Harry's cracking up. And we are telling some, oh, well, some, some stories about what happened during the course of production of these books, because errors occurred. Yeah, errors How occurred, much can you share with us? mistakes what happened? happened. You've got to watch a video to find out. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 a romp, if you like. It's a romp, but you're going to learn a heck of a lot about how you actually put together a book, right from the manuscript, right the way through to the launch. 
at, at the end. And so we're going through everything from, you know, what you do with your manuscript, how you divide it into a pagination, what you do with the pagination. Harry explains why he doesn't like paginations and he has to have a layout. And um, a layout is basically the book with all the text inserted but no images. And then he, it's, it's amazing, it's absolutely fabulous. There's a full sort of, I think it's about five to eight minutes on this video, where you actually watch Harry drawing. And he's doing a sketch from The Tale of Chester Choi, which is our dragon book, with Jimmy Lee surfing on the tsunami. And he goes all the way from sketching it out in pencil to uh, putting that sketch on a light box and then putting the watercolour paper on top, and which I'd never seen before, and uh, then inking it in, and then the watercolour. And it's, it's just a bit of magic appearing before your eyes. It's, it's really terrific. So I'd really urge anyone who wants to know a bit about how do you publish books or who just wants to have a giggle... <laughs> To have a listen. Well, I was even going to ask you, you know, you've done this for so many years with Harry. Mm. Do you often learn from these mistakes? Ever, ever, or, yes. Or do you forget? And, and think, oh, oh, we've boy. been through this oh, boy. Oh, boy. last we do. year. We do, we do, we do. Okay, well, I'll tell you one of Harry's mistakes and one of mine. Yes. Okay, as Harry will explain in the video... Um, he basically is used to doing one-off illustrations and then watercolouring them in. So uh, when I came to him with um, the dragon book, The Tale of Chester Choi, um, he blithely sort of started off doing all the colouring in with a particular red watercolour paint and then ran out of it. And it was actually quite impossible for him to get the same shade exactly. So he had to order in another colour and, and sort of do the best he could with that. Now, that can be corrected. And we were talking about the fact that our wonderful designers, E5, spent two days just adjusting the red on the dragon's back so obviously harry knew from that one you know next time he starts a book make sure you've got all of the colors available because you're not just doing a couple of pages um now for me um yes <laughs> you see Spill i'm a publisher as well and publishers are ultimately responsible if you know words go missing and with a particular book and I'm not going to tell you, you've got to watch the video. It's been fixed now, so if you want to know which book it is, you have to watch at 1.30 on Wednesday and you'll find out. But anyway, um, on the very first page spread of this particular book, a word was not there. It went missing. How did you eventually spot it or did somebody... Um, well, what happened, I mean, I didn't know. Because I was the publisher, I was proofing and proofing and proofing and proofing. And, you know, after the mistake was made, I was thinking, how on earth did that happen? And I looked back, that word had never been there. And the interesting thing is that, you know, um, when you actually read, your brain is always active and it fills in. Yes, the and missing word. Yeah, and the missing word I'd always thought was there. I'd never even spotted it. And, and to be truthful, I mean, none of us had spotted it. Uh, but I was responsible. It was my fault. Um, and I wrote the darn thing, so... <laughs> <laughs> I fully intended Couldn't the word blame to be there. It, just, it just didn't get there. I'll blame my fingers. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so what happened was that um, we'd just printed 5,000 copies. Oh. 5,000 copies. And I was going to the cinema with my husband and um, my best friend here in Hong Kong, she rang and she said, oh, hi, darling, you know, love the new book, but did, did you miss out that word on the, on the first page spread deliberately? And I'm like word on the first page <laughs> so I mean I it's fair to say I cried and cried and cried I was so upset because of course you know you can't withdraw 
from uh, distribution 5,000 books. I'm a small business. These books cost money. Um, now, what I did, though, was I went and spoke to some of the school librarians, my friends, and they were fab. They said, it does not matter. They said, you should see Harry Potter. There are so many words and typos missing or typo, type, typos in the book. You just don't see it. They said, the eye will fill in. So I thought, right, fine. Well, we're not going to make a feature and, and a fuss about this. Um, there was one particular lady in Hong Kong. I don't know if she's listening today, but um, she did go to my distributor and you know, make quite a fuss about it and told me that the children of Hong Kong would be devastated. With devastated that word. with that missing word. They would lose their faith in me and my books altogether. Well, I'm glad to say that never happened. And you went on to <laughs> and write we even... immediately fixed the file. Yes. The book is now in reprint, as pretty much all of my books are, and we fixed the file so now you won't find the error unless you have an old first edition copy of this book. I'm so intrigued. And it's mm. one of the books in the Chinese calendar tales. It is. All right. So what you can do is go out and buy the entire set <laughs> of 13 books to find that missing one. And if you can find it and let me know, I'll give you a free activity book. <laughs> Right, Sarah, let's talk a little bit more about some projects that you've been working on currently. Sure. Um, what's yeah. in the pipeline right now? Okay, well, um, I have written a chapter book, which I'm extremely excited about. Um, it's actually, the uh, there are publishers in Australia who kind of mentioned to me, um, they were the ones that published Stormwale, and they'd mentioned to me that they were looking for someone to write a particular series. I can't tell you much about it, but um, initially I thought, look, I'd just do poetry for kids. But um, I started thinking about the characters, and it's really interesting. I got one particular character, an absolutely eccentric and strange little character, and as soon as I had that character, it all like fell into place. And I just sat down and wrote it. I mean, it's well, really in, in one it's, go, it's, almost. Well, almost. I mean, every time I sat down, it just flowed. It's extraordinary. It's the way the brain works. And I do think that because I let it mull around for a while, I'm sure my subconscious was doing a stack of work. Because, I mean, it was the same when I'm writing the calendar tales. As soon as I know what I'm writing about, it's just you can't really stop me. And um, so I just wrote it up. And I'm pleased to say that that's, um, they were very positive about the first three chapters. And now they've got the whole lot. It's basically in their assessment process. And I'm, let's just say I'm crossing my fingers and I'm hoping that one day we can talk about this particular book, which will be a series if indeed it's coming out. Fingers crossed. But I don't mm. think you realise it's a real gift, you know, to be able to have an idea mull around in your head and then just sit down in almost one go to produce something like this. You, you say it like it's, you know, oh, it's, it's amazing. Look, I think we all we all have a special talent. And um, for me, I've never been short of a word, as you've probably guessed. And um, so I love words, love words, and I love stories, and I love kids. And I think that um, probably it's just my special thing. I'm, I'm very lucky. Yes. And now more than ever, you know, it's so important for, for, for kids to read, you know, with <laughs> with, uh, uh, with COVID-19, children are stuck at home. So it's so important for them to have an outlet uh, to be entertained, for them to escape into that imaginary world. And you are, you know, you and amongst <laughs> many authors facilitating that. Uh, well, look, thank for, you for so them. much, Noreen. I, the interesting thing about reading is that, um, and science proves this, is that when you're actually reading you're going somewhere quite different and what actually happens um, and they've done this by actually pinning um, you know putting electrodes on people's heads that when they're reading a book you are actually it's called sensory simulation what you're actually doing is reproducing in your head what's going on and this means that you are seeing everything hearing everything and even experiencing the feelings which yes. is why people who read the most books are the most compassionate because they are practiced yes. at 
putting themselves in someone else's shoes. Yes. Yeah, it's All quite right. fascinating. It is. So tell us a little bit more about the virtual event which is happening uh, on Wednesday, uh, the 10th of June. Uh, you and Harry, uh, Harry is also part of it. That's <laughs> well, amazing. The beauty of it is, the beauty of it is that... Um, First of all, there's a video. The video is exactly 27 minutes long. And you will see in that video, you'll see Harry and me. Um, I'll be attacking him with a stuffed rat. Um, <laughs> we'll be talking about why we made the Chinese calendar tales, how we made the Chinese calendar tales. And then we'll take you actually step by step through the book production process. And you're going to see that magical drawing take place with Harry, which is incredible. And then after that, basically, um, they've opened it up to some fabulous kids at Shartin Junior School and they're going to be uh, watching the video and then asking questions um, and you know I can I can say anyone out there who wants to ask a question afterwards of me all you have to do is contact me you can contact me via my blog at sarahbrennanblog.com um, or via Facebook Sarah Brennan author whatever you like just get hold of me and ask me the question because I love it particularly when kids ask questions and I'm very happy to answer any of those so it's, it's going to be fun it'll be very lively and um, um, it'll be worth a listen. But, uh, you know, and, and, and then there's Anna, and, and Anna's through on the 13th. That's right. And you can already listen to the fabulous sessions with Matt, uh, with um, basically Matt and Mark. Matt and Mark. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a bit of a feast, which this time you don't have to go to the festival to sit down and actually watch things. You don't have to pay anything. It's all free. It's available on the internet for as long as you like. So, I mean, isn't that amazing? We have to thank COVID for that. Uh, exactly. I was going to say, you know, a lot of the times, you know, people change uh, opportunities, uh, uh, challenges into opportunities <laughs> as well. Um, and this is just a a prime example of yeah. of that happening uh, here in Hong Kong, where uh, school closures and we've had to postpone the the, the Young Readers Festival. But uh, you know, people can now join uh, events virtually. That's been a real. I think it's been an education, um, and I think particularly for schools. I've, I've been surprised. I mean, I've had some fantastic bookings with schools where I'm still doing my workshops, I'm still doing my story readings, but you do it via Zoom, and it works really well. So, how does it work then? They, they book you in early enough, and then um, you just join them for for an hour or a little I bit. I join less? them for an hour. Um, you know, I find out what they want. Yes. I join them for an hour. Um, I don't actually get to. You know, there's a big thing about preserving children's privacy, which is fair enough, and so you don't. I don't get to see. The kids' faces, yes. um, and their t their questions tend to be relayed yes. by a teacher who's like a moderator, if you like, for the session. But it means, you know, I mean, I find this whole idea very exciting because I have already some years ago done a few visits to the United States via. Um, it was Skype visits. We did it via Skype at that time, back in the olden days. This is a real and opportunity. I know for it's extraordinary. To go global. But it is. Yes. It, it is indeed, and I'm very excited about it because it means that no matter where I am, I can basically contact you know my lovely uh, readership and my fans and and um, tell them about what I'm doing and also visit schools yes. anywhere. It's wonderful. Well, yeah. finally, before I let you go, Sarah, you know you you are a brilliant writer, beautiful writer, <laughs> and so you must be an avid reader as well. And every time yeah. I do ask you, yes. um, do you have any reading tips that you yeah, can share well, I do with some of our listeners? Uh, with yeah. Perhaps they are parents, or maybe yes. they just want to push people to read more. How, how do you do yeah, that? Absolutely. Okay. Look, if you want to get your kid to read, um, there are two two vital ones. One is you must read to your kid. Um, you sit them on your lap and actually you can start in the womb 
which is really interesting. If you sit with a baby as soon as they're born, it doesn't matter that they don't understand a word you're saying. Um, even a baby in your womb, it doesn't matter if they don't understand a word they're saying. Um, children that are read to from the earliest possible days, they start school with a two-year advantage because they've got language. And it's not just that. You're also teaching them to focus on something. There are so many benefits to it, but they really do succeed and excel at school if they've gone in with parents who read to them. And you don't stop. You can read right up to teenage years um, because it depends on the subject matter and what you're reading about. The interesting thing is it's not that you're saying to your kids, um, your kids are getting a lot of subliminal messages and the biggest subliminal message they're getting is that um, basically uh, mummy and daddy's attention and love is tied up in books. So f whenever they see books later, they're going to get this warm, fuzzy feeling and it's just going to be automatic that books are associated with love and with mum and dad's love because fundamentally what kids, all kids want is more of attention from mum and dad. And so that's tip number one. And tip number two is you've got to be reading yourself. You've got to be reading yourself. You cannot expect your kids to be big readers if you're saying, now you go out and you read those books and then the first thing you do is you get on your social media. So um, what you really have to do is change the way your house looks, get the TV off centre stage and make sure that for substantial periods at home, the kids are seeing you read with your um, devices, your electronic devices away, turned off. Oh, and that's when you're reading to your kid, turn off the electronic device so they know that reading is actually more important than the electronic device. Yes. Um, so it's all these kind of cues, but those are the two big ones. And, and I guarantee you that if you do those two, if you get back to reading yourself, and I can assure you, you will love it. You will rediscover the love of reading, but you get back to reading in front of the kids so they think, ah, that's what it is to be a grown-up. And they think, and we're a reading family. We're a book family. If you can do that, make books very visible around the house, all these visual cues, you've simply got to brainwash them. That's yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> and I approve of brainwashing for the right purposes. <laughs> and also it's about uh, readjusting your own habits also because yeah. a lot of times we read, we yeah. read a lot for work, but yeah. it's maybe it's not things that we would normally pick up and we feel yeah. like we've had that quota fulfilled. Yes. So you're no longer picking something, picking yeah. up a, a a nice book to enjoy. Well, that's right. But but if you get the right book and yes. you start getting immersed in it, you're going to remember that buzz, you know, where you're whisked away. And, and I mean, there's a lot of um, evidence to show. It's really interesting. Reading a book for 10 minutes is the, the biggest stress reliever that has been found. Um, it beats putting your feet up with a cup of tea. It beats... Uh, even meditation. It is huge. And I believe it's probably because what you're doing is you cannot read a book and be immersed in a book and think about your problems. Yeah. You're just, you're going into another world where it's fabulous, you know. So always remember that with books. Just find the right book for you. And uh, you'll love getting back to books, let alone passing that habit on to your kids. Yes. Well, for our parents listening, uh, it's your chance to, to get whisked away, you and your children, uh, into Sarah's world. And you can also visit uh, Sarah's blog. Uh, her website is sarahbrennanblog.com. And you can find all means of communication uh, there with her. Have you got a Facebook page as well, Sarah? Look, I have. If you just look, uh, look up Sarah. Brennan author. You'll find me there. You'll find me on Instagram. That's my latest on. <laughs> I'm really getting with the program, Noreen. I'm on <laughs> yes, all these sites so now. Good. And on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at, um, oh gosh, Sarah Brennan, the Google. Yeah, just, just Google me, Sarah Brennan, Twitter. You'll get me on Twitter. <laughs> 
Isn't that terrible? Um, <laughs> I know what it is, but I can't quite catch it just for the moment. Stress. I'll post all um, the stress. <laughs> I need to read a book. <laughs> I'll post a link on our Facebook Live oh, as well. Thanks, Noreen. And apologies in advance for some of the audio issues at the beginning, but we've managed to get uh, the audio fixed. Uh, meanwhile, thank you so much, Sarah, uh, for joining us. And that's Sarah Brennan. You can go to her website, which is sarahbrennanblog.com. And all the best for your event uh, on Wednesday, uh, the 10th of June. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks so much, Noreen. Okay, bye. And-